Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Finley. Oh, why are you talking like that? My announcer boys. Yeah, that's a little too much, I think. Moving on. Welcome to the Undisputed Podcast. And we're live, friends. Countrymen. Hoes. Hoes? I didn't say no. I think before we get too much into the things. Friends, countrymen, and <laughs> we got to address something before we get off the ground here, folks. Okay, what would that Something be? was burnt. Something that came out of this show last week was very important. Everybody's been talking about it. Okay. How are the aloe plants? Oh, the aloe plants are alive and well. The wife and I spent the day yesterday in out the garage, which I'll tell you, if you're looking to feel good about yourself, to feel like you've, you've done something productive, go clean the garage with your wife. I got an idea. Why don't you fly to Albany and clean my garage with my wife? <laughs> No, because I'd have to bring my wife with me, Paris, <laughs> to show her Albany. <laughs> I don't want her to see where I'm from. She might leave. <laughs> but we, uh, we put two new aloe plants uh, in the, um, uh, they're on the side of the house, but they are uh, soon to be thriving, uh, very similar to the, um, mongolian stomper version that we uh we showed you two big news that's big news coming out of this week's podcast is yeah plants are growing leaps and bounds a friend uh my uh, one of my best friends from college he actually messaged me and wants to know when the uh merchandise is coming out uh you add me at lo um he wants he suggested and you know, it's almost in honor of our guest today, but uh, a fanny pack. Fanny you pack. Open the door up, Robert. Who is our guest today? Our guest today, Dennis. Do you know who our guest is today? I'm hiding in the shadows. Um, no, <laughs> you tell everybody. He is one half of two cool. Formerly, he is the master, the innovator of the worm and former fireman, Scott Too Hot. Keep going. <laughs> None other than the man himself, Scotty Too Hottie. Just lukewarm these days. You can call me lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> lukewarm Scott. <laughs> I want to trademark that, start using it, because I can't use Scotty Too Hotty anymore. I'll just be lukewarm. <laughs> we like it. We like it. That's a t-shirt. And by yeah. the way, if you want some of Scotty's merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com, type in Scotty Too Hotty, the old surge engine, and guess what? You can buy yourself some Scotty Too Hotty shirts. Not only yep. that, but hey, Bobby, our birthdays, they're still coming up. Oh. Wouldn't it be great? If Sky Too Hotty gave us a cameo, that's right. Type in Scott Garland on the old search engine. And guess what? That'll do it. Boom. Boom. Scotty is 
hooking us up with some birthday wishes, maybe a Merry Christmas. Who knows? Whatever you want to do within reason. <laughs> I got to throw the within reason part out there. Yeah, I got a request on Cameo a couple weeks ago and I didn't fulfill it. The guy wanted me to talk about Rikishi giving Trish Trish the stink face. Ah, uh, that was his. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this sounds weird. Like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Decline. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's an animal. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like you're barking up the old fetish tree. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, no, I can't do that for a regular price, but I'll do it for double. <laughs> I never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> we all have a price, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Bills need to be paid. <laughs> right. Uh, well. Uh, where do we dive in? Uh, I know where we dive in. Okay. Okay. And indulge us, Franklin. We were talking about bands. We we're talking about concerts. And notice the Scotty on um, Facebook. He's got a lot of concert t-shirts, a lot of band t-shirts. Uh, so that's one the question. First concert, favorite band favorite concert of all time oh so well touche frank first concert was that i was taken to was with my dad we went to see the irish rovers and i had to have been in like elementary school now the the, the concert the concert that i consider my first concert that i actually wanted to be at was kenny rogers and soy brown which <laughs> oh no was, kidding Nice. Yeah, so Sawyer Brown, Sawyer Brown uh, I was there for Sawyer Brown. Whoa. Do you guys know them? Yeah, mm -hmm. Sawyer Brown sang with Jeff Jarrett at yes. one of the In Your Houses. Yeah, so uh, they did. So the drummer was from the, the same home, to the same town I was in, in Maine, Westbrook, Maine. We both grew up in the same town. And uh, I knew of him and I met him, a, met him a couple times. My aunt was friends with him, went to high school with him. And then we were on, I was actually on that pay-per-view. I don't think I was on it, but I was there. So it was pretty cool. Like, you know, two, two kids from cool. the small town in Maine to be on this pay-per-view. Wow. Uh, North Carolina together, like two different worlds and being in the same place. And then uh, uh, Kevin Eastman from the, he, the, the dude that created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is also from the same town. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Star-studded. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's also this this restaurant named Fandango from the same town. Yeah. <laughs> the list goes on and on. <laughs> Man, Maine is a hotbed. Who knew? Well, that's that's actually the end of the list, but uh, all right. That's four more than Albany. Yeah. <laughs> so so what was the second the, the, the second part of that that concert question? Favorite concert, favorite band. Oh, favorite concert, man. It's tough to top Kiss, Kiss live, uh, and then Garth Brooks also. But Garth Brooks is a huge Kiss is a huge Kiss fan, right? So and and I and I use those I use Kiss all the time in my seminars when I'm teaching my wrestling seminars. I'll say like, Kiss is more pro wrestling than pro wrestling is pro wrestling now. Like it's it's so much the same to me. Like it's 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's entertainment. It should be two and a half hours out of out of your real life and just forget the, the, the cable bills and the that are two months behind and the bills right. and the COVID and the negativity of social media. And it's just supposed to be an escapism. Right. You know? And, uh, and I'll yeah, specifically use kiss to the point where I'll say, 
you know what they're selling and you know all these kids will look at me and you know because they have no idea what i'm talking about what i'm what i'm leading to but it's it's kiss is selling fun they're not selling music on the surface you go oh, okay they're selling music they're a band they're selling music no and i go you know how many number one songs they've had and then they'll all look at each other and they'll, oh, you know, they'll take their guesses and zero. They've never had a number one hit, but they've been playing. Uh, they, they had their first album come out the same year I was born and that was 73. So I'm, I just turned 49 in July. So they've been playing for 49 years, never had a number one hit and still selling out arenas, you know, and, and, and it's, it's pro wrestling, man. It's so pro wrestling when you, you sit back and watch it. It's, it's what it's supposed to be just fun. You know, and the kind of going back to what we were talking about before we came on, where like we kind of, you know, we dissect it all and over you know, the Internet, you know, critiques everything. And we're talking like five star match. What's the difference between a four and a five star match? You know what I mean? Like, like, like it's uh, we're just overanalyzing everything at this point where it's just supposed to be fun, man. Just supposed to be fun. Right. Well, I kind of the byproduct of uh, exposure, which was the that you were saying before we you know got on here right right he's overexposed and so it's like the appetite for knowing more that you think you're not supposed to know it's not satisfiable right right and it's uh dude and it's a you know i'm a bobby you know this and uh, i'm a huge theme park nerd and a Halloween Horror Nights nerd. You know, we went to Halloween Horror Nights, what, two years ago together? Yeah. It, it, dude, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with that, you know? Yeah. And actually this year doing Horror Nights, um, I've had to remind myself, like, dude, these are just haunted houses. Why am I getting, like, I'm, I'm critiquing them in my head and my son, you know, so, like, the, my son does his top 10 and he's got like, like dude, what's the, it's kind of like talking about a four and a five star match. What's the difference between you have 10 houses and you go, okay, this one's number seven and this one's number eight. How are you, how are you, uh, how are you picking that? You know what right. I mean? Like, right. Like, let's just enjoy it. You know, let's just enjoy it. Let's just enjoy wrestling. You know, Georgie Animal Steel had a green tongue and eight turnbuckles, and nobody right. was dissecting his work rate. Oh, you know, the Ultimate no. Warrior. Nobody was dissecting the Ultimate Warrior's work rate. You know, no. but he had a charisma and he was a star. Yeah. Was like both of those guys, right? Yeah. What did you feel? You know, it was moments. That's um, it. I, I mean, you still you go back to um, was it Mania Two with Macho Man and Steamboat and and Three. George. Yeah, yeah. was was part of that and he yes. was like all gimmick and yet this is the match that was remembered you know still remembered to this day as the most technical blah 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 but like there's george the animal steel the like uh, you know never-ending pro wrestling gimmick yeah yeah and, you know i use him i use kamala too like okay you're gonna start dissecting this you want to start dissecting kamala Right. <laughs> okay, so somebody went to the jungle and they what stole him out of the jungle and they brought him back here and they taught him to wrestle and they they painted him up and they sent him yeah. out there and like it's dude it was fun like it was uh, man I, I don't know I, I I think like for me like growing up as an 80s kid with 80s wrestling it was just the best you know and it just yeah. was, it was before was before it was just like you like you guys said it was over overexposed and you knew every you know everybody's real name and this guy's married to this guy this girl yeah. and this guy it's it's just everybody knows way too much you know way too much and you shouldn't 
know this much, nor should you want to know this much. But it's like I was saying before, I think it's just it's a, the business. It almost eats itself. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, you're you're heavy because you eat too much, but you eat too much because you're heavy. It's yeah. like, <laughs> right. It, and it's social. I, I mean, I blame a lot on social media, you know, yeah. because if oh. it wasn't for social media, there would be no platform for it all. You know, almost all of it. Right. Right. Why everybody has an opinion and why, you know, well, who the fuck is Bobby Fish or who is Scotty too hottie or who is like, you know, at the end of the day, like what we're doing, uh, you didn't actually win that title. Right. <laughs> I, right. Yeah. My amount to my underpants. Yeah. No, I know. I, I know. And I, dude, I actually have a line in my seminars where I'll go, hey, I, I I love this stuff. I have the most respect for the people who came from before me. And, you know, it's, it's I, I eat, breathe, sleep it. And I go, but at the end of the day, it's pretty silly stuff. I mean, we, we put on baby oil, spandex tights, and we go out and we, and we, 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 choreograph fights and we, we we play fight you know and, and you know the old timers have a hard time with that i know but i don't think i'm exposing anything that hasn't been exposed you know right. when you have the undertaker and stone cold talking about their match on stone cold's podcast like right. you, you know hunter used to always say you can't put the toothpaste back in the in the, in the uh, no you know, <laughs> no like trying to do it for however many years now ever since i guess ever since vince you know came out and said that it it you know it's it's uh entertainment it's performance what and, and probably even goes back further than that but like you're right you can't put it back in the tube and, and if he hadn't even if he hadn't come out and, and, and said what it was um social media would have done it for us you know so um I, and to me i think it was a, it was a good move anyways because if i if i go back and i watch like say the ultimate warrior on arsenio hall and he's in full character not yeah. a wrestling audience it's so right. cringy man like whereas now we can we can go on different different shows and we can be ourselves and we can talk about playing a character and yeah. i think everyone respects that a little bit more than try to convince them of something that it isn't you know yeah it's hard to take anything out of its context out of its time and place and for it to still make sense and you know wrestling's no different in that it had to evolve and to anything that doesn't evolve dies. Right. Like that's right. true nature. Yeah. So it just, it has to become something other than what it is today if it's going to persist. Right. And, you know, that's just the way with everything. Yeah. 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 Was there a third part to that concert question? Favorite band of all time. <laughs> oh. Um. Dolly Parton. No, I do like her, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm a big hair metal fan. I, I don't know. I, I'm a huge Poison fan, believe it or not. Like, and Brett, did I? Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels. About you. Brett Michaels is the man. Dude, I just saw him on the stadium tour with Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Joan Jett, and I've seen him a, a, a bunch of times on solo um but you know he's touring with poison right now and uh, the dude works his ass off man he's still i think he's 10 years older than i am and he's still from the second he sets foot on stage to the second he leaves he's high energy like he's having the time of his life and i think he is you know and 
and uh, he's dude's probably making more money than he was making in the heyday of Poison because he's, yeah. he's you know he's he's in control now with his solo stuff. But uh, um, he actually inspires me to want to go out there and wrestle and still perform when I see him. Like he's just he's so good at what he does, you know. And then there's hey, Mo- and then there's Motley Crue. <laughs> oh, not a good time. He's a great worker. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Who do you got, Bobby? Um, all right. So let's rewind here. We're going back to first concert. You betcha. Okay. Do I have to go second? <laughs> I, mean, I can go quick if you want. If you want to think about it a little bit. You can go quick. That's what she said, Frank. Hey-o! <laughs> Hey-o! <laughs> all right. I'm up. I'm up to bat here, boys. Up to bat. First concert, technically, technically, were was the Chipmunks. Wow. Okay. But I don't know that that really counts. That was at like, well, I don't know, some theme park. So actually, I, I think they opened for the Irish Rovers the night I saw them. <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was, didn't, didn't Garth Brooks do a tour with the Chipmunks? I thought so. <laughs> um, actual first concert though if i don't count that one would have to be rick springfield wow yes you remember the name scotty yeah the jesse's girl is the first, the, the, the first 10 seconds of jesse's girl man might, might be the one of the most iconic and distinguishable uh what do you call that guitar riff or whatever that opening yeah. first 10 seconds is uh awesome that's a great Rick, song. Yeah, Rick Springfield. I went to that concert with um, my father and my brother. Just <laughs> really kind of weird, considering Springfield <laughs> was like a soap opera heartthrob. <laughs> he actually he still plays at Epcot once about once a year. I need to go. I need to go see him. Um, I'm sure my dad, who was, you know, a, a blue collar his whole life, a fireman, you know, former Marine, real kick ass sort of. I'm sure he felt really good about the fact that uh, his two boys wanted to go see Rick Springfield. Man, I am trying to picture your father at a Rick Springfield concert. He had to be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know disappointment's part of life uh, <laughs> frank um scott you'll appreciate this one van halen Ooh. and i seen van halen on eddie's last tour in the xfinity arena in massachusetts 2015 i think i may have seen him on that tour Right well, around the same time. It was with David Lee Roth, right? That yeah. was your first concert? My first concert was Van Halen in 91. Oh, whoa. Oh, okay, and okay. then my favorite is going to be that concert, 2015. Oh. And they're, okay. my, they're my all-time favorite band. Oh. Honorable mention is U2. Oh, oh, okay. See, I kind of screwed up. I went first concert and then skipped over the other stuff. I went right to you. Okay um so i have a 
a, a part two for your Van Halen answer. So Sammy Hagar, Van Halen. I had, yes, the first concert was with, with Sammy Hagar. The last was with Diamond Dave. Was it? Whoa. Yes. Got to yes. see both. I have seen both oh. numerous times. Wow. Van Halen was uh, my cousin Michael and Raymond. They were both a little bit older than my brother and I, and uh, they were big Van Halen fans. Uh, David. Your dad, I remember your dad, your dad saying, why can't my kids be more <laughs> 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 Rick Springfield? <laughs> secretly wishing that his nephews were his sons. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs> Poor Rick Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think he's probably he probably did okay. He had that movie too. Yeah, hard to hold. I think it was called. Which yeah, I went to see right. that. That's I right. made bring me to see that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my poor father. God rest his soul. <laughs> It was it was merciful. <laughs> uh, All right. Okay. Um, Dennis. All right. You're, uh, up Let's, on the chop block here, kid. Well, I've had time to think now, so I can just kind of spew them all out. Uh, first concert was actually, first first concert was Weird Al Yankovic and the Monkees. Oh boy. At the. Uh, at the Starlight Music Theater, the now defunct, completely gone Starlight Music Theater. Okay. Now wait a second. They what? used to have world class championship wrestling. Has also been in that venue. Little really? fact. Get some. I, I oh, did in New York. Not. Yes. Uh, oh. I did not know that. I, I didn't even know they ran up that 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 far north. Yep. Only once. This uh, podcast. Full of useless facts. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> We've talked about the monkeys, Rick Springfield, <laughs> yeah. and Kiss being no pro wrestling and pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, favorite concert would be, I think it, I don't remember what the name of the actual tour was, but it was all of Bad Boy and a few other people. So I got to see Biggie live before he was murdered so that was oh, that wow. was pretty awesome uh yeah. in in albany i had no business being at that show but i was there uh, i had a nice contact high going too that was good good for you <laughs> <laughs> and it's a in second like a close second is the pop punk disaster tour which was a co-headline with blink and green day that show was amazing really yeah huh. okay yeah, they i mean you want to talk about two just completely different stage shows between blink just being more about the entertainment value and then green day just being amazing live uh the show was right. that show was great oh very cool very cool i mean they got nothing on the monkeys but well no i mean <laughs> can't top that one well you know that's a that's a deep road to hoe <laughs> actually weird al's on my list of people to see yeah i've seen him i've heard he's fun are you still a big concert goer scotty yeah i just saw like i just said i just saw that uh, poison and wilder crew and uh okay. definitely joe and jet show I'm trying to think what else i've seen i've seen kiss three times on this the, the farewell tour 
<laughs> part five. <laughs> it's been going on for six years now. Okay. You know. I feel like I just saw Blair. Oh, I just saw the Lumineers with my daughter a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Who did my wife and I see recently that was really good? And um, oh, she left the room, so I can't ask her. Was it Mumford and Sons? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 it was not. It was not. Um, yeah, okay, forget it. It wasn't Cotton the monkeys, horse. was it? Um, no, no, not the monkeys. I think there's only two monkeys left. Well, there's only one now. Mickey's the only one still alive. Oh, so they're not even the monkeys anymore. It's just a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mon- hey, hey, we're the monkeys. <laughs> Doesn't have the same... It's not to it, you know. All right, okay. we're offending everybody on this. this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said it at the beginning of this whole thing. If we're not uh, pulled from the air within five episodes, like we're doing something. <laughs> well, that's the great thing about podcast podcasts is nobody can pull us off the air. Right. There's no regulations. Even better. Right. Even better. All right. Well, so um, Maine. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Maine? <laughs> it's a great place to grow up. Yeah. And visit. But as far as living there from uh, October to April, it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Summer times are great, but winter times are long and dark. Yeah. Lots of uh, snow shoveling involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, I I used to work at a bank and I can remember getting out of work at four. We'd close at four o'clock and be driving home in the dark. You know, it's just, and, you know, in the wintertime, it's just, it's brutal, man. Yeah. I had a friend in uh, high school, a couple years older than me, but he went to, he played football. He went to University of Maine. Yeah. And yeah, that, those were similar sentiments to what um, he uh, mentioned about yeah. me. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Like, I don't know. My family's still up there. You know, my brother or sister are both, both still up there, but uh, my kids just went up for a week. But during the summer, dude, summer's beautiful, beautiful, yeah. you know, it's just those winter, uh, you know, it's very much like Northern New York, really, you know, yeah. and growing up, I didn't realize that New York was like that, you know, I think, you know, you, you kind of uh, think New York gets stereotyped by New York City, right, until you go there and you realize like, wow, that's just a small part of what New York is, you know, so small. Yeah. like people in Japan could never uh, get over the fact that there were farms and stuff where yeah. I grew up. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. just the Big Apple is all that they think of when it comes to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. <clears throat> um, how'd, you get into, how'd you get to wrestling? What were you look watching when you were younger? Like stuff like that. Were you into wrestling and all that stuff? I seen you post something with Kevin Sullivan and you referenced ICW, which 
I watched a few times. It was not often up here, but yeah, we got to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like I didn't, you know, like I said on my post, like I didn't realize what I was getting at the time. I was in, I would say fourth grade, maybe when I first started going, third or fourth grade when I started going to ICW. And that was, uh, you know, Sullivan, Mark Lewin, uh, Carlos Colon, Dory Funk Jr., uh, Ox Baker, um, Bruiser Brody, Abdullah the Butcher, you know, like- So what it was, was all the Puerto Rico guys. I didn't know that till, you know, years later when I, when I started doing this and realizing that those were all the guys that were in Puerto Rico and they were, they were, you know, Savoldi was bringing and they were doing their TV in Portland and uh, they would do like hours of, you know, I remember being after midnight and they'd just be doing hours and hours of TV. And uh, that's, that's what got me hooked was going to that, you know, and I, I remember like really starting to watch right around the first WrestleMania. So it was all about the same time, you know, but we didn't get WWF in Portland at the time um, until uh, I know I saw, I remember seeing Andre, which would have been before the first WrestleMania, but I wasn't into wrestling yet. My dad just took me, but I know Andre was there. Um, And then the first show that I wanted to be at was right after the first WrestleMania. Um, And like the matches were all, that they're all like based off what had happened at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it was like Orn, uh, Orndorf and uh, I think it was Orndorf and maybe Steamboat against Morocco and Bob Orton, I think was the main event. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. so Orndorf, Orndorf would have just turned right yeah. after WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania. So, um, dude, but it was like Brett. Brett was in a singles match. Neidhart was in a singles match. They were both staring, still wearing the blue. You know, they hadn't even gone to the pink yet. And uh, wow. uh, Barry O was there. You know, it was Barry like, O. Yeah, yeah. such a great, such a great time. You know, like, yeah. to, to be a wrestling fan, I think. And I, honestly, I think like, and maybe it's just because I grew up then. But I, I you know, I'll tell people who are just kind of starting this, like, go back and watch the '80s because I. I feel like it's the easiest story, the best storytelling at the best pace yeah. with the best like characters. And now take today's moves and implement them into the eighties pace. And, and just like, to me, it was just the best time. But like I said, I might be biased because I grew up as a fan then, you know, um, yeah. but I don't know though, because I was part of the attitude era and that was awesome. But I don't know if that's the best thing to go back and watch just because that was kind of like balls to the wall, hundred miles an hour. Um, and just, it worked at the time, you know, whereas the eighties is just a good pace with good. You knew if you didn't watch wrestling and you saw Coco beware come out, you knew he was a good guy. Even yeah. if you didn't know who he was, you saw Rick Mart, Rick Mart Martel come out as the model. You knew he was the bad guy, Rick yeah. Rude, bad guy. You know, Bob Orndorff, back to Orndorff. When Orndorff was a heel, you knew he was a bad guy. Yeah. There was no waiting. You know, you didn't have to wait to get five minutes into the match to figure out, okay, this is the good guy. This is the bad guy. It was just so simple to follow, you know. There's long storylines you can get into for a long period of time. That's why I like the Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano feud, because it went on for six at least six months. That's it. And the payoff was... Cole winning the championship. I'm like, man, I, it, it got you vested. Yes. You know? Yes. Yep. Yep. So how'd you break into the business? Uh, 
so I started with uh, three buddies in my mom's garage. I was a, I always say I was a backyard guy before there was a, a oh. word for backyard <laughs> wrestling. You know, I was never properly trained, never went to a school, learned on tw- literally 20 mattresses in my mom's garage. We had, we had uh, Which you were never trained. No, shocking, right? What if you Holy my, God. In my, oh my, in my excellent technical abilities? <laughs> that was a hard part when I started coaching it at the performance center. Like, I was like, I can't teach like holds or all this stuff, you know. I just like it, like I teach it. what I do, like, I know what I do, and like, um, so it was very honest, it was very intimidating the first couple months there I was like you know am I gonna be how am I gonna be looked at and, and dude you gotta think what I was walking into was you know the NXT at the time was the wrestling brand you yeah. know so for yeah. me to go there, like, how you guys gonna look yeah um become that yeah yeah you so know, uh I am through and and what's that you know uh Shinsuke came through there and um Finn oh, yeah you know, people that they didn't think they were they would ever see in WWE, and you know, here they are. Right. Um, so yeah, it was the place. Like it was the cool brand. Yeah, sure, for sure. But uh, so so I we we learned to uh, you know we we learned the basics in my mom's garage, and then the first ring I was ever in was a WWF ring because we got to know the guy. Who was on the ring crew who would travel with them and uh my the, you know the same same group of guys that we we, we would talk to this guy who's on the ring crew we would help him set up the ring Dude, this is so crazy to even think about now because it would ne- never happen now you know we would help him set the ring and then he would say hey guys i'm going to lunch i didn't say you could get in the ring but you know wink wink and he would leave <laughs> we, we would get in this ring and you know in the cumberland county civic center in portland maine we would we would you know just wrestle around and do the stuff that we knew how to do, for, you know that we learned uh, on our own, and and then eventually somebody would come along and throw us out, you know. But n- never anything, nothing bad ever came of it, you know. It was just uh, crazy. And then what what ended up happening was there was this guy who had bought a boxing ring. He said it was Rocky Marciano's, um, and I don't know how true that is, but. Uh, that's what I remember was he said he had Rocky Marciano's boxing ring that he was converting to a wrestling ring. So he was there. He he snuck into the building. He was looking at how the WWF ring was put together so he could convert this ring. And he saw us in there messing around. Yeah. And he said, Hey, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start running shows of my own. And uh, we exchanged numbers and then he did sure enough. He ran a show in uh, November of, of 89, put us on it. And and then for just from there, we just started networking and meeting different guys and getting booked around New England. And then wow. uh, crazy. And then That's I eventually awesome. met, sorry. That's awesome. Yeah. I eventually met Phil Apollo, who had been doing some extra work for WWF at the time. And ex- again, exchanged numbers with him. And one day I was working at a KFC, 17 years old. And uh, they said, you get a phone call in the back and uh i had told phil apollo the one night i met him that i worked at a kfc i was you know around portland so he'd called a bunch of different kfcs <laughs> and uh, he tracked me down what and, are the odds and that's uh that's how i that's how i went to wwf as an extra in, in 91 like i said i said to you guys before we started recording uh it was in rochester new york in, in august of 91 
with the, wow. with the, the Beverly brothers. You know, I just turned 18 earlier that summer, you know, so wow. 17 when he called me by, 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 by the time I did the show, I was just turned 18. So that's crazy. What a crazy story. And like, there's so many, um, stops along the way where something could have gone right instead of left and oh, yeah. you know things are totally different yeah i think that's that's how it is with everything that's why i was you know I, i'll say to my son you know even with soccer i just go out there and just outwork everybody else don't worry about what anybody else is doing you know because it's you never know who's going to see you or what the right thing to do is and that's what you know i'll say i'll say in my seminars just outwork everyone else go out there and, and work work your ass off every single night because you never know who's seeing you or where you especially now where the video is going to end up and and, uh, and I'll tell these kids on these seminars, like, dude, I promise you, there's people in WWF that are watching these videos. You know, right. I, I, I was never a big, you know, I'm not, I kind of fell out after, um, uh, you know, once I got there and I got in the machine and it just kind of became wrestling and I didn't, whereas like a guy like Steve Carino, dude, you know, like he knows everybody. Yeah. independence and and like you know and Re a guy like regal Re you know regal would would you know he would watch all of these tapes and i was like so don't get frustrated because i promise you they're if you're good they're they're seeing you right they're, they're actively looking for people you know yeah that's awesome i think too it, it um you know it's livable if you give them you and that doesn't, for whatever reason, work out. But if yeah. you give them something that you're not because you think you're giving them what they're looking for and that doesn't work out, then that just doesn't sound like um, a scenario that's like livable for me. Like yeah. I, I just feel like the regret of that would haunt you, you yeah. know? Yep. Yeah, I would tell guys, you know, I remember talking to guys in Skull and just being say, hey, I know you have a lot of voices in your head and telling you to be this and be that. Just do what you feel is right, because at the end of the day, it's all going to fall on you. And you want to leave here going, hey, I gave them like back to what you just said, Bobby, I gave them me and I gave what I thought was right. I didn't try to do what somebody else. Yeah was telling me it was right you know and i you know dude i would have to remind myself of that that same advice as a producer and as a coach there you know like, like dude i've been doing this for 30 years i might not be right 100 percent of the time but dude this is art like just because somebody else doesn't like it doesn't mean it's 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 not right or right or wrong you know it's all art you just got to do what you feel is, is right i think you know yeah yeah and i i just uh i guess my my point being like you got to be able to live with it afterwards, regardless yep. how it's out. Yep. And, yep. You know, the nothing worse than regret. <clears throat> so, yeah, right. You know, go, go, dance. <laughs> I'll steal a JR line dance with what brung you. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Right. Yep, so true, man. It's yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what was the attitude? How did the attitude area for you come about? How did they approach you about too cool? Because that that whole era is like aside from the 80s, it's one of the areas we always talk about is the attitude area. And you guys were an integral part of that. You, Brian yeah. and Rikishi. Yeah, no. So we were uh, so I signed in February of 97. 
uh, signed my first contract in 97 and that was for the, the, the light heavyweight division, you know? Yep. And then I, so I, so I came in, I had my first match, I think it was in May of 97 on raw with Al snow. And that was too hot. Scott. Taylor. No, that was just Scott Taylor, young baby face from Maine. His father's, oh. a, his father's a carpenter. His mother works at a convenience store. Well, that was what they wanted me to be like oh. a good old, like just a normal kid from Maine. And, uh, <laughs> and you can, it, it, I, I just, I just saw the match. I don't know if you saw the clip I posted of Al giving me that Alabama slam in the corner. That's oh, what that was for. Oh my God. But, uh, area. holy smokes, <laughs> man. <laughs> I texted him. I said, dude, I thought we were friends. I just woke up from this, this, <laughs> this move. <laughs> Uh, that was the whole, you know, if, if you listen to the commentary, that's what the story that, that they were trying to tell was like, I was just this normal kid from, it was awful, you know, especially yeah. at the time it sounded very, very 80. And I guess it was because the whole Brett thing hadn't happened with Sean and the whole Montreal thing hadn't happened yet. So the, the shift hadn't really started yet because that was, that was at the end of that, you know, you had the T.L. Hopper and Aldo Montoya and, you know, all of those gimmicks happening at that time. Right. So yeah. and then so I did that for what was it? Uh, so that was February, May of 97. And then I just kind of floundered for for almost a year. And then the Wednesday before WrestleMania uh, 14 in Boston. Dude, I was like ready to get released. Like I hadn't done anything for weeks or maybe months, just kind of sitting home. Did you think coming? What's that? I said, were you suspecting like the release is coming? Yeah, I mean that they weren't. I wasn't. They weren't using me at all. You know, right. I, I don't think I even had like a guaranteed contract at the time. It was just kind of a per per appearance. That was the old contracts that everybody had. There was no guaranteed money. You know. And uh, they called me on Wednesday and said, hey, just want to let you know that you're in, uh, you know, you and Brian Christopher are going to be a tag team at the WrestleMania Battle Royal. And I was like, I've been a babyface up to this point. And Brian was a total heel up to this point. We'd worked each other a million times. And all of a sudden, we're just thrown into this Battle Royal at WrestleMania. You know, we're talking about, the, so this is the WrestleMania with like Tyson and DX. And okay. so stuff was on fire by this point, right? And yeah. they said, and you're also going to do a match uh, on Friday morning. We're doing this DX workout thing in FET. Uh, what was it? Uh, not Faneuil Hall, but it's, I guess it was at uh, the City Hall in Boston. And remember the out, outdoor thing where Tyson, you know, Tyson was involved. Yes. And, uh, you know, remember people that. were throwing stuff at DX. And, and so yeah. I remember, so here, again, like I go from not doing anything to all of a sudden I'm sitting in this meeting in the green room and there were only maybe three or four matches on this show. Yeah. I think the headbangers had a match and it was, it was me and Taka and then the DX, you know, whatever DX did um, with Tyson. But so we're sitting in a meeting before we go out there and I'm sitting this with Vince and Tyson and, <laughs> and I talked to Sean about this and I remember, you know, here I'm just happy to be here and Sean the way Sean talked to Vince in that meeting was, I was like, oh my God, this is where Sean was at his peak where he was like, you know, the back, the whole back injury was really bad. You're going into yeah. that, that pay-per-view and, and smile. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't happy that morning. He was not happy. And I was like, I couldn't he, believe the way he, he had was lost his time. You know? Yeah. I was like, how can somebody get away with talking to him like this? Like, 
you know, and uh, so they put Brian and I together. And that day in catering at WrestleMania, and I've told this story a bunch of times, but it, it was it was so surreal. This is this was before Vince like had full catering in his office and just kind of stayed in there all the time. But and so I'm in I'm, I'm in catering, getting a coffee in it. It was like there was nobody else in the room and a spotlight came down on me. And all of a sudden I feel somebody to my left and I look and it's Vince and oh. he's getting a coffee at the same time I am. You know, and here I am, what, 20, early 20s. And I said, hey, you know, thanks for putting me on the show. Um, I don't know if you know this or not. And then, no, he didn't. He didn't friggin' know it. But uh, I used to wrestle as Scott Too Hot Taylor on the independents. And I really did. For a very short time, I was Scott Too Hot Taylor. And, you know, they, he was putting me with Too Sexy Brian Christopher on the show. And, and I said, I don't know, like, if there's anything to that or not. And then he's, oh, let me think about it, you know. And then next week, so we did the WrestleMania thing. And then the next week at TV, I think we're in Philly. Uh, we were too hot, too sexy. And then together we were too much. And then we did the too much thing for, uh, what was that? So that was WrestleMania 14. And then we started, we did that for about a year. And then they, and then they, they, so we're going to do the, the, the we're going to change it to too cool and we want you to dress like the kids are dressing in the malls and there was no there was no real direction to it it was just kind of like hey you guys are going to kind of do what, what the hardy boys did yeah that's, that's dress like the kids are dressing in the malls so right. yeah it's crazy man yeah because so, i think that i was dressing that way <laughs> <laughs> my real life at colony high school <laughs> i'm pretty sure that well, it was, Vince, it was Vince Russo, who's also a New York guy, who pitched the idea yeah. to us. So okay, maybe he saw you in the mall. I don't know. Well, and I'm pretty sure Dennis still dresses that way. <laughs> I may or may not wear my overalls every once in a while. <laughs> as long as one strap is down. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Big Hillbilly <laughs> Jim fan you are, Dennis. Big Hillbilly Jim fan. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> wow. So, Scotty, how long, like, how well did you and Brian know each other prior to that? You said you had worked each other a few times. And you did some stuff within WWE, but, like, so you first meet Brian, is it on the indies coming in? or? Oh, I had met him in 93, the day I graduated high school. I moved to Memphis to work for USWA. Like, I mean, literally, I went from, I picked what? Up, yeah, they, so they wouldn't even let me march. You like, your parents? I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, no, they, they wouldn't even let me march in my graduation because I missed too many days because I was doing TVs. You know, I was skipping school to go do superstars. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. So I missed too many days. So they said, you can't march with the class. Now you got to figure it like I was so disappointed at this point, you know, I couldn't march with a, a group of kids um, that I didn't like and didn't know and weren't nice to me because I wore Zubaz and cowboy boots to school, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to be a wrestler and I saw how Shawn Michaels dressed and that's that's what I wanted to be so I would dress like him and go to school and get ridiculed, you know, for wanting to be a wrestler and because wrestling wasn't cool at the time, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, so I was uh, you know, here I am in, lo in a locker room with Undertaker and Sid, Sid Vicious and, and, and uh, you know, Hulk Hogan. And, uh, and then I'd be back in class with these, these kids that would make fun of me. And 
and uh, so the fact that I couldn't march with them in a graduation, I really, I really didn't care, you know. So I, I drove, I went to the school, picked up my diploma from the principal, had my own private little ceremony, and then I jumped on the highway and moved to Memphis in '93, and that's where I met Brian. What a crazy dichotomy of like worlds that you had one foot in each. That's yeah. insane, especially at that age. Like I didn't know my ass from my elbow. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Oh, now. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, man. Like, again, like that's something that just couldn't, I don't know, could happen now. You know, it's just such a different it, world. It is. But, Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's insane. Yeah. You know what's insane? You were driving with Mick Foley and Al Snow. Were the, you guys all riding together? Is that true? That's when I first signed. Yeah, that was, those were my first, the first crew that I was riding with. It was making. What was that like? Was that a motorcycle and a sidecar? Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, did a few few loops together with those guys, and uh, just it was fun. They were they were you know they were good to me, and I, you know especially at that time, it was a wild man. It was a wild time. Like I can I can remember, dude. Like here's something else. That, like can't even picture it. It's, it sounds like a story because it was so. Uh, it would never happen now, but I can remember Gold Dust being on the planes, and he would just get on the the you know the flight attendant's microphone and start talking or singing, and like, <laughs> like now you'd have the FBI waiting oh for you to get off the plane yeah. if you did that, you know, such yeah. a different time. But yeah. I was telling my son yesterday, I was like, uh, um, I, I was joking with him, I go, ah, uh, I saw we we're, were at Halloween Horror Nights, and I saw these guys with like the the. the they're like shaving their eye, a stripe in their eyebrow. And I saw it a few times and I said, what is that? The new thing or something? Cause ah, it's been around for a while. And I said, you know, uh, that used to be a thing when I first started at WWF, like if you passed out or something, they would shave your eyebrows, you know? And like, that's something else. Like, dude, can you imagine that now? Like <laughs> somebody shaving oh somebody's God. eyebrows. Like, yeah, I did an interview not too long ago. And somebody asked me about rib, like ribbing. And yeah. I was like, I don't know. I, I would say with like my generation coming up, it it's died. You yeah. know, it's yeah. Really rib one another. And the the ribbing that was accustomed to, you know, the cliche version of pro wrestling ribbing, it just doesn't exist. People don't no. you know, nobody shits in anybody's bag or anything. Oh my god. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. You know? No, it had to change. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, as I always say, like, this is, um, it's a be much better generation of human beings. You know, that was just, it was, the, it was still the carnival, you know, and it was, yeah. uh, and that's something that I've, uh, you know, this might sound hokey or corny or whatever, but like, I, I've like part of my, part of like what I'm doing now, like one of my goals is to like, I want to change, I just want to change some of that, you know, like that carny, I'll still get it. Like I'll have like some of these young, young kids that well. I don't want to be a mark, but can I get a picture with you? You know, people that are working on a show. I say, hey, first, like, don't don't call yourself a mark. Like right. that's that old carny. It's antiquated. Yes, like you're not a mark, dude. Like I've got a fucking undisputed era shirt on right now. I've got Macho Man Randy Savage shirt, and I wear this shit all the time. Like because yeah. I'm proud of it. I'm proud to be a part of it. Why shouldn't I? I mean, you guys are like my. You know, you're about my same same age, but you yeah. know, the other guy, like all of those NXT guys, were like, I'm very proud to be a part of that. And, yes. You know, from Rhea to you guys, like not, I didn't coach you guys a lot, but I, like we worked a lot on the road shows and stuff like yeah. that. 
I mean, you're talking about will go down easily as uh, the greatest or part of the greatest time in my career. Like, oh, as same. I say the same thing. Yeah. Myself and being around people that um, I liked being around and working with, like it was, you know, it was um, just a, a awesome snapshot of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, no, no, uh, you know, when, when things started to get rough there, you know, co- uh, you know, a couple of yeah. years ago when everything started to change, I was like, Hey, like it's, it, I, it was like somebody killed your kid. Like it was so, there was that special to us. I think we were part of something that was so special, you know, so, it was just kind of thrown away. And, yep. and uh, it was, I, I, I said like, it was the, the purest form of pro wrestling that I've been a part of where, where that we are NXT wasn't just a no. slogan that some suit came up with in Stamford, Connecticut. Yeah. Say, Let's run with this hashtag. We are NXT. I said, no, that was like a, that was a real thing. Like a real, we were proud to be part of that, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and we, you know, we are NXT and we're proud and we're, we know we're going to go into WrestleMania weekend. We're going to go into SummerSlam weekend and we're going to have a takeover the night before and we're going to steal the friggin' weekend. Yeah. With five matches, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that we're was, gonna, the, that, I don't even want to say like that was the goal. That was just, I, maybe it was the expectation and, and the attitude, like, you know, and it, it was not hard to draw you know to connect the dots i mean you're talking about attitude era guys and um that was the attitude that the people that were performing at that time that that's what we had was was attitude because and i've said it a few different times um hunter specifically um but you know, football was a big thing for me growing up. And there were, uh, you know, I wanted to play well for myself, but there were coaches I had that I wanted to come to the sideline and get the look from them or the words, whatever it was. And it was the same thing with Hunter. I wanted to back through that curtain into gorilla and either get the words that uh, confirmed it, or sometimes it was just a look and you were like, Oh, we fucking killed it. You know? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it was like, you know, back to what I was saying about like the shirts and like being a mark, it's okay to be a fan. It's okay to be a fan. It doesn't make you a mark. Like mm-hmm. let's lose that word altogether anyways. Cause it, it's just very negative. It's carny it's word. Yep. It's carny. And like, that's, a, and that's, you know, back to, you know, the, the indie shows we were talking about earlier and like the, the meet and greet beforehand, like, why are we doing this? This is, we're sabotaging ourselves by, by doing these meet and greets beforehand and you're just taking away everybody's star that mystique that they have that should make you a star. The first time they should see you is when you walk through that curtain. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, no, I, I have some stuff like, oh, man, if I could just be a small part of helping change this, like it's, it's time, it's time for things to change. And I think it's, I think it's getting there, you know, it's just, um, you know, I've been doing it. This, I'm going into, I think November will be what 89 will be 33 years, right? 30, like 33 oh. years. And it's like, the independent, a lot of the independent shows aren't any better than they were 33 years ago. Why aren't we getting better? You know, right. why doesn't every show have a ring skirt on their ring? Why does it look like 
shit, you know? Like, why are we doing this to ourselves, you know? And why am I on this show? <laughs> well, I think it's some of it's like the standards have dropped and, and even getting like a promoter's license and whatnot. Like some yeah. of these people that would have purchased the ticket, you know, 20 years ago are actually putting the show together. And worse yet, some of them are performing in the ring. And it's like, you know, it's not to say that that all different there's not there's room for all different kinds of wrestlers. Yeah. But there's some that it's like, I don't know, there's a certain bar that I think should be met and you should be cutting the mustard at this certain level. I don't I don't know. It just dilutes. Yep. Hey, you know what I was going to tell you was that, have you seen the, the Elvis movie? No. The yeah, new Elvis did. movie? You guys seen it? Yeah. My wife did. She loved it. Really? So, so the beginning when they're playing, he's playing, uh, he saw, he goes on stage there in Shreveport, Louisiana on the, uh, the Hayride, you know, but Bobby, that the building where they're at is the building where we we took that picture in the jail cell. In jail? Oh, God. Yeah. Nice. I was going to bring that picture up earlier. Um, we, we passed by whatever we were talking about, but I was going to say something about when you and I were in jail, yeah. have that picture on my phone. It's I'll probably silly. post it tomorrow to plug this, or if you guys want to use it too, like that's a funny yeah. picture. We definitely do. I'll have to send that. Uh, yeah, but but I th- I'm pretty sure it was the real building that this, you know, same building we worked in that they shot the movie in. Cause I yeah. know that's where he performed. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about before with like the road loops. I mean, it was just stupid shit like that that happened on the road that wasn't something you would actually set out to do. But like, we got this picture of the two of us in a jail cell and, <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> I laughed at it since then. Yeah. That's, you know, so cool about that time in NXT. I mean, it just was, it was awesome. Yeah, the best, man. The best. Those those shows were the best. Yeah. I feel bad for them now that they don't, uh, you know, they're not really. I know the Coconut shows are back, you know, the Florida shows, but I don't think they're back to the road shows yet. And those those are really where you learn, I think. The Coconut shows are good, but the Coconut shows are also like, it's the same crowd every month. And, and, uh, you know, everybody, the, the fans become desensitized to, to it, you know, if, Whereas if you're in Cleveland or one of these towns we don't go to, you're seeing Undisputed Era for the first time, maybe, you know? And, yeah. and whereas here it's, you know, fuck, I see Bobby Fish at the Wawa, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and desensitized to it. And drive. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Now, Scotty, when well, you were in NXT, did you work anything with Dusty Rhodes? Did you guys cross paths? Uh, just a little. When I was guest coaching, he was he was there. Uh, I think I did two stints as a guest coach in Tampa, and then I did a few over here when they moved to Orlando. And and uh, but never once I started. I think I started in, in the summer of sixteen was when I started full time, and he had already passed away at that time. Oh, yeah. How long was Dusty in Orlando? Like, I remember him in Tampa because I had gone to Tampa 
for um, I, I did a week there, a tryout, um, and Dusty was there, and but that was definitely Tampa. Yeah, he must have. I mean, what the, the performance center must have opened in what 14 or 15, probably, I would say. So, yeah, I honestly don't know. Me either. Me how either. long he was there, or, or uh, I mean, I, I remember as a kid, um, Dusty was the first guy that I saw that you know, I, I had only known WWF, I had only yeah. known. Ultimania, I had only, right. you know, and, and I would buy the wrestling magazines, Pro Wrestling Illustrated and stuff like that. Um, and I would see the black and white newspaper print pictures and yes. a lot of people were like there and they, you know, looking back, like, I guess it was, you know, Mid-Atlantic and, and the regional stuff. Um, once TNT or TBS started. Yeah, that's what it was. So, so, I mean, I was in the same boat, really. You know, being a Northeastern guy, you know. Yeah. So to see, I remember the first time I saw it was Dusty. And they must have been showing something from like a Starcade or whatever, because he was bleeding buckets. Yeah. Was Saturday morning. And I was, you know, watching TV. And I'm like, wait a second, Saturday morning TV. And this guy's bleeding buckets. Holy yeah. shit. Coolest <laughs> thing I've seen. Right. And Dusty's charisma was just not even chartable. So to then have him on the Superstation set cutting a promo, man, forget about it. I was, yeah. and it was like, oh, well, there's the WWF stuff, which is cool. Hulkamania is cool, but this is fucking cool. Yeah. Like, this is real. I think that yeah. that's the, the, the um, differential I made in my own head as a kid was like yeah. this is real and that stuff and part of it too was probably just the fact that i was kind of hitting those early teen years yeah you know, looking for something that's a little bit cooler like i don't know you start to get attracted to the opposite sex and not right. not every girl's chasing you down when she knows like oh i want to come to your house and watch wrestlemania Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, what a cool Andre the Giant shirt you wear. <laughs> Dude, I remember, hand. it's funny you say that because I can remember being in, it would have been like junior high and uh, I got a Superfly Jimmy Snooker shirt at like Zares or Ames, whatever it was, the Bradleys. <laughs> right? And I was so proud and so excited to wear this to the first day of school and all the kids made fun of me and I never wore it again. <laughs> but it was back to that like you know it, it just wasn't cool anymore you know and that's what it was when i started I, I really didn't tell anybody that i was going to these tvs you know because it was kind of in a it was in a lull it wasn't the cool yeah. thing anymore and uh yeah it's but, interesting the way wrestling ebbs and flows like that you know and i've ridden a, a, a wave of i don't know cool or not cool is the word to describe it at, at this point but um just a wave of like huh i, I don't know if it's in a, in a very very like um modest way like just kind of been consistently something for a while now um i don't know so I'm, I'm 
kind of interested to see where where the whole business industry goes in the next few years you know is it gonna hit the apex of like the attitude era ever again i mean most people say no but then like you had said before which is an interesting concept like well some of those matches don't hold up and i say that about every era yeah yeah you know you know the characters did and I just don't know, like, it was just so fast. Like, even some of my own stuff I'll watch. And I remember one day up in the, the upstairs lounge at the Performance Center, I walked up and they were watching SummerSlam 2000, which was me, Brian, and Rikishi uh, working with uh, RTC, you know, Godfather and Val and, and Steve. Yeah. And I remember I, it's Stevie and I were in the corner and I hit him like 10, 10, 20 times. I punched him like 10 to 20 times and then shot him from corner to corner. We did a reversal and I jumped to the top and did a backflip over him. And I was like, why would I punch a guy that many times and then throw him across the ring? Like it's something I would never do now, but it was just, it was the style at the time, you know, yeah. Think, yeah. you know, but you've fallen to that. I, uh, Frank, actually you sent me today a clip um and it was some stuff from kenta pro wrestling noah and that really where i cut my teeth coming up that was my first like break at you know bigger stuff and just watching the brutality of some of the strikes yeah clip that frank sent me and i thought about it was like like i was doing the same thing and eating the same stuff like I don't know, wonder why you know, my brain is probably soft at this point. <laughs> like right, right. we just we were inflicting such unnecessary punishment on one yeah. another. Yeah, but you don't know anymore. I see that now, though, with guys just doing like crazy stuff for 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 you know for no reason, and just like why are you do like man, it's like save your save yourself. Like I guess when you're young, you don't. Know, you don't think about it as much, you know, and of course. And you don't like so it's it's obviously evolved at this point because you got people that do six thirties, right? But I remember on the come up, I remember hearing somebody tell the um, the analogy of like, okay, well, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, um, the finishing move became bigger than the wrestler like got to a point where he couldn't you know it was just taxing on his body to hit for a finish but you know you take him back to the indies or whatever towards the tail end of his career you go to a show to see jimmy snooker if he doesn't come off the top rope you're like what the fuck did i pay for right right and it's you know it, it really it it makes a lot of sense and then it starts to make you realize like okay we control so many of the variables that we we can paint with whatever brush we want so who's the asshole if i pick if i pick color that like isn't going to stand the test of time right right. you know it becomes my signature color like okay well yeah it makes you realize there's a psychology to this and there was way back when that you know we weren't keen to and now that we are supposed to be keen to it <laughs> kind of not which is sad yeah i mean me you mean me doing the worm at 80 years old is gonna be cool 
That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) But I guarantee people still get with it. (laughs) Shit, I'll pay to see it. (laughs) Frank puts his son in the (laughs) leg lock. (laughs) And I grab for leverage. (laughs) Funny, Funny enough, though, NXT was the only thing I'd let my kids watch. I wouldn't, I still let them watch um, AEW or even Raw for that matter because it's a little edgier. Yeah. NXT was consistent and it was, it was more of a sport to me. I don't know. That's, yeah. that, that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, you know what you're going to get, you know, right. sometimes on the other shows, you're not sure what you're going to get. So I get that, you know? Yeah. I think um, Hunter, Bloom, um, you know, there's uh, some people who really deserve a ton of credit for the atmosphere that was there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, I, I think it all started with Hunter. You know, I think Hunter went through a lot as, uh, you know, and the, the, the poor guy, and he gets a friggin', they go, oh, he's, he's, he's Vince's son-in-law, or he's Stephanie's husband, like, yeah, he's got it made. Like, that's a double-edged sword. That can go either way, you know what I mean? Like, but I, I think he went through a lot coming up, and I think, you know, he probably wanted to change, and I think you're still seeing it, dude, like, where he's, like, changing some of the stuff that has to be changed in 2022 that you can't, you just can't yeah. do anymore, man. Like, you gotta, you know, do things differently. Uh, yeah. I think we've seen that with him just coming back and then last, you know, over the last, you know, what month or two months of him. I mean, like everybody's talking about it. It's, it's, uh... It just feels different watching it. It's a different product. I, I can't explain it, but I, I was used to be an in and out type of raw person. I'd watch the first few segments, like, oh, it's three hours. I can't really, you know, I have to get before 30 to go to the gym. I, I'll get back to it. So that kind of thing. But now it's like, I, I got to see what's going on here because the matches are, are tighter. The segments are better. It's just, Feels like a product. I don't know. I can't. That's the best way I can explain it. Yeah, I think everybody agrees. You know, um, it's uh, there's a little bit more fun to and it. It feels a little bit more like NXT. You know, and yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's still a three hour show, which is I don't want to watch anything for three hours. Nothing. nothing, You know, you know, especially every week, it's hard. And and I think everybody feels the same way. It's just hard to argue probably with those advertising dollars as a business to go okay we're going to cut that hour out you know how do you make up that difference in 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 revenue you know um so it's 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 hard i I get it you know but i i I think nxt was better when it was one hour you always like left them wanting more you know and then we went to that two hours and then it just you know everything changed a little bit but I think the takeovers proved that like there's that sweet spot. Um, you don't want to go over it. You don't want to be under it. Um, but like you said, the advertising dollars and, and those decisions are made above my pay grade. Yeah. So not going to understand it. Um, and I really don't want to take the time to understand it. Right. It is, but yeah, I mean, five-hour pay-per-views and you know and it goes across the board with companies um not just wwe but like i mean things got to be reasonable right you know and that's the problem too is i i think 
you know, whether it be an indie show or it be WrestleMania, like too long. Need, yeah, people need to stick to their times just so you like you're not wearing out a crowd because at the end of the day, like nobody should have to sit through that many hours of anything, like right. you said. Right. You're thinking, you know, so you go, okay, you know, it's a seven o'clock start time or it's eight, eight o'clock start time. Well, no, those people left their house before that, you know, and then they sat there an hour before the show started, you know, and and then it's finishing up after midnight. Oh, geez. Well, that's like back in the day, Scott, remember the old Raws? They would tape one, one be live, and then we, they would tape another one. So you're looking at potentially what six hours and we'll sit there right right yeah that sounds awesome it was great you kidding me (laughs) you're watching the main event at 12 o'clock at night put the pop for it you're exhausted where do i sign up right but all that being said i just can't wait for that monkey tour (laughs) 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 yeah it's gonna be a barn burner (laughs) <laughs> that's a good place to wrap this doozy of a podcast up i think folks scotty will be in alaska september 30th and october 1st wrestle pro alaska yeah oh get, get some get some get some and guess what my first october, october 15th wisconsin I only booked the, the nice towns in the, in the winter time. <laughs> right, right. Eat Dance some che- party too. Be eating some cheese in Wisconsin. Yeah, cheese curds, or- right? Yeah. Actually, I'm taking my son to Alaska with me. Nice. And we're gonna do we're do Alaska, and then we're gonna go to uh, L.A. for a couple of days and do the Halloween stuff out there. Uh, the so nights cool. in uh, Hollywood and uh, not scary farm and at Knott's Berry. Awesome. So yeah, before, we did it for, for a few years before COVID hit. And then COVID just, you know, it shut down all those events and we, we just hadn't been, been back out there. So this is he's gonna be 18 uh, at the end of October. So it's like I, I gotta go this year because this is last year's really gonna be a kid, you know. So yeah, next year will be a man when it rolls around. So it's crazy. I got a uh my daughter's going to Pepperdine. She's uh 18, and it's like what that like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm old. Yeah, yeah. My son's 18 this year. And my daughter's 21, and I'm like, what the heck? What your daughter's 21? Oh yeah, my god, to be 21. Like, yeah, you, go, you know. God bless you. Yeah, yeah. But if they're healthy and they're happy, man, I mean, you're blessed. So, tis what it is. But enjoy Alaska. A good friend of mine just got back and he had sent me a video um, and he just scrolled like panoramic and it honestly looked like a painting. Dude, it's unbelievable. It, yeah. it looked real, the landscape. It truly did not. I had never been and I went till this year. I had I had, a, I had a West Coast show on a Saturday because I was in Washington State and then my next booking was the following weekend in California. And, uh, I was like, man, what could I do on those days in between? Instead of flying all the way back to Orlando to fly all the way back out there the following weekend. So I started looking and uh, I was like, man, I'll go to Alaska for a couple of days. So that's what I ended up doing. I just went and uh, just just hung out in Alaska and I ended up picking up a, a seminar while I was there. But but uh, it was like you said, it was just like, it's kind of like seeing the Grand Canyon where it doesn't even look real. Yeah, 
yeah, that's what the video looked like to me. It was very similar, Grand Canyon. Yep. Well, I'm realizing something, Scotty. You're gonna have to come back on at some point because um, one of the things I was most excited about getting into on this we didn't get to, but I I wanted to talk about the fire department. Yeah, we can do. You want to hit that real quick because it's a short story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hit do it. it. So, so this is why because everybody ta- everybody talks about that and they bring that up like and i'm like hey you realize i wrestled for 32 years too right <laughs> <laughs> so i never became a firefighter i went through the fire academy and i oh. went through the emt academy and then i started volunteering uh at a fire department never went to a call okay. um, and it just, I just do like after doing this for so long, and then I was 40 years old at that point. And okay. here I was, you know, I'm, I'm in a fire station with these kids in their early twenties. They're sitting around watching duck dynasty. We're not getting any calls. And they're just like, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And I just, okay. my heart wasn't in it. And then uh the the whole performance center ended up moving to orlando and it just it just it never really nothing ever really happened so this is what i say to people i go uh i hate when i'll have people come up and i'm sure this happens to you i'll I'll be at a show you know doing a media degree or whatever and this guy will come and be go i'm a wrestler too you know he paid he he went to some wrestling school or something he's i'm a wrestler too and i and that to me it always like rubs me the wrong way because like, no man like i've broken my neck and back to do this yeah. and like you know given everything for it and uh this guy doesn't look like he's ever seen the inside <laughs> of him <you> know? <laughs> but i won't say that to him but i don't ever want to say oh i was a firefighter you know you know i know your dad was a firefighter i feel like it was yeah I, I feel like it's uh disrespectful to anybody who actually did the job for me to go oh i was a firefighter no i went through the school and i passed the test and okay. I, I actually passed the class for the mt i never passed the state test so I, <laughs> by the by the point by the time the state test came around i'd already i checked out and i just wasn't yeah, in it. you're just saving people's lives so it's a you don't need to yeah the, the details whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's like I never went to a wrestling school, but I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's really not if you watch me wrestle. <laughs> I go to break dancing school though. What's that? Did you go to break dancing school? No, I did. I learned to break dancing at recess and like. Where did you learn the worm? Elementary school. Yeah, yeah. The worm all started in like break. You know, literally at recess in, in elementary school. You know? I had a slow motion clip of that the other day of you doing it. I uh, said, Frank, I think you sent it to me. Might have been a gif. <laughs> showed it, showed it to my wife because <laughs> she knows you as Scotty from, you know, our days in NXT. Right, right. I was like, honey, this is how he makes all his money. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, why don't you learn to dance, asshole? <laughs> Duly noted. Duly noted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, right. good talking to you guys. D. Scott, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Well, any parting uh, thoughts? What's that? Any parting thoughts? Oh, uh, Professor One? No, I uh, just thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, Scotty, I will let you know you are our first guest. 
Um, it's been quite enjoyable. Awesome. Yes. Hoping the listeners uh, enjoyed hearing a voice other than my nasally upstate New York <laughs> voice coming through the headphones. Well, I try to hide my main accent, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hide mine because I'm too stupid to know I even have one. But <clears throat> Kyle was always very good about uh, making sure I didn't forget that my wife you know, the people in my life who love people me. who really love you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what it was for me is when I, so I was a, like I said, I was a kid when I moved to Memphis. So I had this main accent. And then here I am all of a sudden in Tennessee, where everybody has a super southern accent and they would make fun of my main accent. So I just I, I think I tried not to talk with it. And I, I somewhere along the road, I lost it every once in a while. It'll, it'll come out. But yeah. What you got going on, Bobby? Absolute pleasure. Um, we're looking at, uh, what do I got? The 24th of September. That's Black Label Pro, correct? Get you some. Prestige Wrestling in Portland, Oregon on the 25th. Have you been out there? Um, no. That's a good group, man. You'll have fun. I had a blast. Yeah, I had a blast with them. Okay, good. Yeah. Look forward to it. Um, yeah. Uh, and then after that, there's a couple other things, but we don't need to get into them. You know what you gotta do though? What's you that? Gotta go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh, go Christmas is... shopping, buy yourself some Sky Too Hot gear. Mm-hmm. You know what you do is you put Sky Too Hot in the search engine. His shirts will come up. You click on the one you. No, you know what? Click on them all of them. You make a good living. Click all of them. <laughs> buy them for the family. There you, you go. Come over to uh, Bobby and I have our OnlyFans together too. So if you want to come over <laughs> <to> that, <laughs> it's uh, lukewarm Scott and Bob. There's there's a worm and a fish joke in there somewhere, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> Dennis, hi. You ready to send us out of here? Yeah, Frank. You got anything? I know Frank's just happy to be here. Yep. Right. As long as the owl plants are good, I'm good. Perfect. You had me at hello. <laughs> Scott, you got anything to leave us with? Should have saved that monkey joke right there. <laughs> I got nothing, man. That's fair. Right. Good talking to you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Bobby, yeah. let's wrap Bobby, let's wrap it up. Say goodnight, Bobby. Good night, Bobby.